It's a Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, Punk Rock Collaboration bonus episode with Matt Joseph. What's up, Punk Rock Classrooms crew? It's Josh Buckley, co-host of the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, coming at you with this bonus episode. We had Matt Joseph on uh, last week talking about uh, mentorship, and it was such a great episode. We got into talking about technology as well, and instead of trying to cram it into one long episode, this is the B-side, the bonus episode that you get to listen to right now. Uh, Matt Joseph ran what's called the uh, Remote Learning Nugget every week he was talking about remote learning things that you could do with your students while we were sort of pandemic teaching uh, during fourth quarter last spring. And it went in and he kept up this idea of bringing people in and talking about technology. Uh, Matt was also the technology guy in his district and as uh, the person in charge of teaching and learning uh, and curriculum and instruction in his district, he talks uh, a big piece of what he does is also about technology. So we asked Matt some questions about technology and that's the rest of the interview that you're going to hear right now. So thanks for tuning in. Here it goes. Let's get to that part of the interview. Here, here's the thing that's great about this discussion that we're having, Matt. We get a two-for-one episode, right? We talked about mentorship. Now I want to switch gears a little bit. Mike mentioned it, the sort of like the tech nugget right? Like you, yeah. were, you were in charge of technology. Now you're, now you're like the big guy over all of it, but let's talk a little bit about technology. So sure. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what, how did you get that? How did that tech, the tech nugget idea roll out? And, and tell us a little bit about what that process looked like for you and how that kind of grew to be this bigger thing. So for me, in in the spring, if we're talking about the specific remote learning nugget, in the spring yeah. we were in, we weren't in remote learning. We were in emergency learning, right? right we were right. all we were all scrambling. Right. What are we going to do? How's this going to look? And the way our district operated was that it was essentially asynchronous all day long, with sprinkled in with some synchronous because it looked kind of cool to do some some Zoom right. teaching, right? I mean, let's be honest. Like, right. Was, oh yeah. There was no incredible 100%. learning. Model. So. I'm like, one, I was a little bit bored because I miss going into the schools. I miss seeing people. I, I'm not the suit that sits in the central office. So I said, what can I contribute to, to both improve our you know, process through this remote learning and two, to get out the tools that teachers could use. So I started to do it on Fridays at one to just say, okay, here's a skill. And the first one I did was on Twitter, how to utilize Twitter for professional development. And, and people liked it and people showed up. And what happened was it happened organically, which was great to show our staff because our staff is really ingrained in our zip code. And it really showed how we can expand our learning opportunities because what happened is I start to tweet it out and people, you know, followers or people in yeah. other you know, states were like, that was great. Could you share your slideshows? You share whatever. And I'm like, whatever. I put it on my website because it's at this point, it's, it's free resources. Right. Then I was like, well, if I'm doing it anyways, why don't you just show up to it? Like, why don't you just come Friday right. one? <laughs> like, and then I started to record. Started to record it. So I did meet with my superintendent. And be like, hey, um, other people want to come. Do you care if I just open up the link? And she says, as long as you're training our staff and not turning into the Matoso show, um, you're, you're more than welcome to. And, and and people started coming in. And what happened was, 
I ran out of material. Let's be honest with you. Like you do it every week right. and you can't be a prophet in your own land for too long. And then I just started inviting guests on like, Hey, can you share a skill? You know, Mike came on, you know, Don Goble, Jenny Long, and you know, people were coming on to share some of the things that did the, the Buncey team, the New Zella team, because it showed the staff that it doesn't always have to be me. I mean, I was on it, but it showed how we can learn from each other. And it really started to branch off and seeing, showing our staff, like, this is how we can use technology tools in the instructional side. That's, that's great. So here's, here's what I want to know, right? We are in this land of where we are integrating tech probably more than we ever have, right? Into our learning. It's new for teachers. It's new for some of our students. Um, I'm on a campus that we've been lucky that we've, our high schools in my district have been one-to-one for six years, right? So like my, we've had one-to-one laptop devices with our kids for six years now. We've had Canvas for six years. That's part of what we've done. But here's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask a question. What, how can tech improve the classroom? But, but I think a worry that we see or that I think people who go like, well, I, you know, I don't know, is how could it improve the classroom, but not deter from connection, right? Because I, I think there's this fear that like a kid sitting in front of a computer in a classroom is a kid not engaging with their peers. So how can, how can we, how can tech improve that and not take away from that idea of the connection that we build in classrooms? Sure. And I'm going to bring up what you said about the one-to-one. It's actually been a detriment for for, for districts to, if they lead with we're one-to-one, I know they haven't done enough training around professional development because one-to-one is just a math problem, right? Yep. You have X amount of students, you have X amount of devices, problem solved, right? Right. But, but that's just the beginning. So to, to get into your question is how can we do that? It's how are you going to amplify student voices? So if you're using the, if you're using the tech, the computers, whatever, as a one-way street, kids log on, and all they do is go in and, and get stuff, right? They go search for something. They go watch a teacher teach. If it's a one-way street, then we're not utilizing the technology to drive instruction. The biggest piece, as I talked about with the mentoring and same in the instruction, how we're getting students to transfer learning. We need to utilize the tools to teach each other, to have students create their own voice through slideshows, through audio, through voice thread through Flipgrid, however that is. And then it is collaborative because I just did, you know, I'll just use an example from this week when I, we did something about what makes a good friend. Again, it's an introductory lesson for first grade. But what we did is everybody recorded one, but the lesson was then go see three other peoples and see what they thought. So the, the connections were still there because then in our wrap up Zoom, we could say, oh, Mike said this was a good friend and I agree with him because. So it's creating an opportunity for students to transfer their learning and be essentially, you know, creating something, not just consuming information all day long on the computer. That's, that's so true. I think that's a problem. A lot of educators have, they think when you think technology, especially right now, it's consume, 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 and that's not going to get our students anywhere. It's not going to, you know, it's going to hurt them, you know, socially, it's going to hurt them. I mean, you know, you're just focused on sitting more screen time. So yeah. like that. And, and there's a difference. And there's a difference between active screen time and dormant screen passive, time. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah right. The kids sit and watch you do something for a half hour. They are checked out. We would be checked out. I'm, I'm checked right. out at the school committee at 10 minutes in. Like, right. 
So I think, I think, I think that's, that's a, that a concept, that idea of, um, and I will, I will tell you, you're exactly right. Right. Like this is, like I said, we've had cannabis for six years, which means I didn't have to teach kids how to access it or like get onto things and do stuff. But I'll also tell you, like, I had never done anything more than my final exam on canvas because I had to right? like, that was the only test I ever put on uh -huh. canvas every year. Cause it was the one that we had to do on canvas. So as a teacher, I had access to these tools, but did I use them well? No. Right. Because like I relied on what I know. And we talked about that earlier, right? Like if like we get stuck in this piece, we're like, well, I know how to do this. I know how to walk. If you can, I could walk into any class. I could walk into my class any day of the week, know what I'm going to talk about and figure out a way to do it. Right. Right. But that's in my room. That's in the four walls of my classroom, not trying to now do it while I have kids out in the ether somewhere, right? Like it's a little different. So I want to, I want to ask you, so like, as you've been doing, you, you know, doing these, um, doing this and, and, and talking about tech, what do you think makes a good ed tech tool and what makes a bad ed tech tool? So I'm going to use an example. That's I'm going to use a tool. That's both just to give kind of, kind of an yeah, example. Yeah. So, so Kahoot. It's my favorite and least favorite at the same time. So <laughs> it's the music that makes it your favorite, right? It's yeah. Music. So what makes a good ed tech tool? It's one that enhances your instruction. So I'll put the Kahoot part I love. You do a lesson, insert, you know, you're a social studies teacher. Maybe you do it on history, the election, whatever it is. And you, and you build the Kahoot that enhances your direct instruction, that enhances the student's learning, where you put up a question, the kids vote, the music, we know what that is. <laughs> but then you pause it and you have a conversation. Okay, well, 20% picked, you know, this, this choice. What, who would like to share why they picked that? And maybe you can convince us that's actually the right answer. Who picked this one and have that discussion and you go to the next one. It enhances your instruction. So whatever that ed tech tool is, if it's enhancing what the teacher can do, that they don't have the capacity to do it without it, then it's a good ed tech tool. Same scenario, Kahoot, teacher says, you guys have all been good today, go do the Kahoot I built. Boom, they're gone all on their own by themselves. It becomes a replacement. If, if ed tech becomes a replacement for instruction, then it's bad. Flipgrid is awesome, I love it. However, if it becomes a replacement, it's not a good ed tech tool. So actually the tool itself is, is net zero. It's not good or bad. It's actually how the teacher utilizes it in their classroom that makes it a great tool. I mean, some are better than others, yes. Um, but I think the teacher will enhance that tool by the way they're using it in the class. So do you think, because I agree with you 100%, and do you think it's that teachers aren't properly trained on the ed tech tools? Or do you think it's just kind of a, a mindset of, this is just going to be like my filler for when there's free time or I'm kind of going to well, turn myself off for the day. Well, this is an answer that may come off wrong or, or people turn it off at this point, but I think it's teachers feel the need to be in control. And when you give up that control, like letting kids build the YouTube video for their final project or let the students write a four page paper if they want, giving them the choice of how they're going to show their learning is giving up some of that control. And that's what ed tech is becoming, that you have to kind of give up some of that control 
but what you're going to get out of it is what you actually want to get out of it with the kids right. transferring their learning. So I think it's, and I think this falls on, on you, Mike, on me as the leaders of the district to say, it's okay to have it. And, you know, as elementary principals, we see the bulletin boards that look exactly the same and it drives me crazy. Like, you know, you, you cut out all the shapes of the snowman yourself. All the kids did was paste them on each other. I'm not cool right. with that. Like I want a purple snowman. I want whatever. Right. Let this let right. it be jagged. Who cares? And it's the same with ed tech that you have to give up that control because you know what? These kids are way more creative than we give them credit for. I agree. Yeah, you have to you have to give the student just like we give them, you know, the, the chance to speak their voice and just be themselves and do their thing. Yeah. Yeah, Mike and I talk about that idea of like DIY all the time, right? Like if you let kids kind of do it themselves, if you give them the opportunity to create and build and do, they own it a whole lot more, right? So that snowman that they just pasted on the wall, that's not their snowman, right? Mm -mm. But if you let them... The compliance task. Right, you let them cut it however crazy way they want and, you know, color it whatever color they want, that's theirs, right? They own it. That That's the thing they well, created. And not to get into, because I know it's, you know, I know the time frame of this, so we don't get too deep into this, but that goes into another thing about creating grit with our students, that we never give them a chance to fight right. through something. That's a whole right. other podcast. <laughs> but I think that's what happens. If we set them up to succeed, they never have to feel that stress of not succeeding. I feel good as a teacher. I'm going to get a good evaluation. Right, 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 right. So, you know, Matt, uh, I want to, I want to thanks, thank you for kind of like talking with us about two things. We got, we got a two for one out of this. Nice. Uh, so, so it was a great two for one. I right? like it. Like two really good things. All right. So this would normally be where we ask Matt about what he listened to. You're going to have to go back and listen to last week's episode to find out what Matt's been jamming out to. Uh, but I want to take a moment right now. This is Thanksgiving week that we're dropping this bonus episode. And I just want to say thank you to the crew, right? Like what Mike and I are doing with Punk Rock Classrooms doesn't happen without the folks that are so supportive of us. Uh, not only our, our friends and family, but all of you out there in the in the internets and on Twitter and all that, that, that share the show with your colleagues, that talk about it with friends, that retweet, that like something, uh, that download an episode, give us a review. All of that helps us keep going. We appreciate it so much. Uh, and, and Mike and I love having these conversations and, and we love that you're all listening to it. So thank you so much. Uh, we hope that, uh, you know, you're able to get a little bit of uh, relaxation um, during this week, that you're able to uh, enjoy a little bit of time with your friends and family, uh, probably virtually since we're all kind of you know, this, this, uh, pandemic is ticking up a little more, but, um, we just want to, we just want to say thank you. So thank you so much for being a part of the crew. Stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, all that good stuff. Uh, you know that you can find us online at punkrockclassrooms.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at punk classrooms. You can find me on Twitter at Josh R. Buckley, Mike at Mike R. Earnshaw, and all of those also work on Instagram. You can follow us there, uh, see what we're up to, all that good stuff. Um, and then don't forget, we've got blogs on the website as well. So if you want to hear what we're writing or read what we're writing about, you can check that too. Ladies and gentlemen, folks, thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you at the show. Mm -hmm.